begin with one minute of silence, and then explore whatever arises. So please join us for this one minute of doing nothing. How was your experience today? A variety of things. Also just noticing how something happens where one of us ends up choosing to ask first how the other person's experience was and likely that totally changes the trajectory of wherever the rest of our conversation will go based mm -hmm. on you asking and now I'm starting some momentum or the other way around. Yeah. And I can say for me, something I was noticing was like a, some sort of visual texture to my visual experience with eyes closed, almost like leaves or something. Um, that's what was coming to my mind. The texture of what I was seeing in front of me. Mm. And it also reminded me of something that happened the other day, which has happened several times where my eyes were kind of itchy and mm -hmm. I, you know, went to rub them. And while I was rubbing, I was aware of my visual experience and it started to become very bizarre. Uh, and it was like black and white, like a black and white checkerboard and all these wavy black and white and shades of gray sort of swirly things going on and then I, I i kept my hands there for probably like five minutes and was just engaged in this fairly intense visual experience mm. maybe there's something not good for my eyes about doing that or like the pressure of that or something something's going on there but it's something that i've noticed happen many times before but that was the longest i've ever stayed with it just keeping my eyes a slight bit of pressure my hands with a slight bit of pressure on my eyes and noticing the visual sensation that occurred it was pretty amazing so uh, if you if you have to describe that uh, that how amazing it was what would you say i would say and i'm doing it right now 
it's not the same, but it creates some sensation of light and it's actually intensifying and it's starting to swirl and it's like there's pockets of it. It's almost like I'm looking into a, a jewel or something. And mm. then there's, there's all these, or a bug's eye and there's all these different little cells and a bunch of stuff happening within each of the cells. Mm. And mm-hmm. I guess it's what's amazing about it is just the phenomena. It's where is this coming from? Like what's happening? Something that I, maybe there's a scientific explanation for what's going on, but it's just this pretty intense experience, almost like there's some sort of drug going on. I'm wondering if, if uh, you know, because this is something uh, that also happened with me some time ago and I was observing this like you did. So I'm wondering if, if like our, our inspiration is coming from a similar source. Uh, because I read this uh, about this in, in, in the Red Book by Carl Jung mm-hmm. and he was talking about uh, like how the way dreams are a projection of the unconscious you know with, this is like kind of dreaming in the waking state like when we when we close our eyes so you know whatever we see on the screen of our you know these eyelids that are closed and in the darkness, uh, the I think more this this projection of the unconscious starts with like a black and white image rather than, you know, a colored image that we see in the dream. But uh, what I noticed was that, and I, I think he was right about that, that it was kind of a projection of my unconscious onto the screen, uh, you know, because uh, let's say if I'm, if I'm thinking about something, let's say I'm, you know, thinking of my partner or anybody else, a person, uh, you know, so what I, I see a figure as soon as I think. And, you know, if, if you try this right now, maybe if you think about something and then you close your eyes, it's it's probable that you kind of see that on the screen of your eyes. Does that happen? with? And for you... Is it like you are actually seeing it in terms of a visual phenomena sort of on your on that dark screen? Or is it some other experience of seeing where it's it's not the same as if, for example, you were in the dream and you saw this person in front of you, or in real life where you see me in front of you? Mm. Uh I think it's in in a dream, it's more elaborate, you know, kind of, uh, it's like, color, you know, the colors are there, you know, the details are there. But in, in this case, it is like a black and white, you know, the, the negative of, of a photograph, you know, that we have the black and the black and white picture. So if I, th- if I'm thinking about a person and as soon as I'm closing my eyes, what I see is, an outline of that person, but not the features of that person. Hmm. I'm seeing the outline of like a, what looks like a space person to me. Hmm. And the, it starts out this, this is another visual phenomenon that, that happens to me sometimes, particularly in a meditative 
practice. This will sometimes happen, but I was just noticing I was seeing this sort of outline. It seemed like a space person because the head was this circle and it was, and it seemed separate from the body. Um, mm -hmm. in a way, it was almost like a helmet, I guess. That's the visual that I got. And then the, the head started to separate and, uh, like vanished into the darkness above it. And then it regenerated where it was before and then did it again in this sort of cycle. And mm. something I've noticed that happens to me sometimes and when I feel like I'm quote unquote deep in a meditative practice, I'm not just thinking about wandering thoughts. I'm more just really feeling that moment. There's mm -hmm. often this visual sensation. It's kind of like rings of light that feel like they're emanating from, it feels like from the back of my head and they're going to the front of my visual screen and then expanding out. And mm. then it just, it keeps happening that the cycle of these rings that keep mm. pulsing like that. You ever mm. experienced something like that? Uh, something similar, uh, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Spaceman and that's interesting because I remember that the first time, uh, you know, when I read this in, in the Red Book and I, I did this practice intentionally, my first experience was it's it was as if I am in front, I'm in front of an audience and they're like, they're like somewhere around 50 people in the audience, but these people are not like human beings. They, they seem to be like extraterrestrial because they had these like long, uh, you know, uh, these big eyes and uh, in, in that visual, I could actually see their features as well. So uh, it, they, were, they had big eyes and, you know, round faces and small bodies. So I was like, and, you know, I was, it was as if maybe, you know, it was maybe I was either it was a projection of my unconscious, you know, and most probably that was because uh, I, I might be thinking about extraterrestrial beings, you know, before that. Uh, but my experience was that, you know, I'm, I'm like on a stage uh, or a podium in front of these uh, about 50 beings that are observing me. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, and it, it became really interactive in the sense that I was trying to show them that I'm not afraid. Hmm. And then they, suddenly they, you know, and I started doing some like movements, uh, trying to maybe, you know, uh, standing up straight and, you know, trying to show them that I'm not afraid. And these beings, they started looking at each other suddenly as a, as a, as soon as I did those movements, these beings started looking at each other. So it became really intense. And I, I realized that this experience is very, very similar to a dream experience. You know, uh, and what I realized, I don't know if you if you uh, had that experience, I realized the more you keep your eyes shut, the more you focus on that, gradually this black and white experience turns into a full-on, you know, dream, colorful uh, and interactive experience. Hmm. I don't know if that happened to you. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. It sounds really interesting. Is there a series of steps or a certain procedure that you were doing based on what you're reading in, in the red book? No, it was just what, what he said was, uh, so he said that, okay, so I think, uh, I don't remember what he said. I think this was a part of active imagination. Mm -hmm. He said that 
uh, so what you do in this process is you close your eyes and you you look out you know you look towards your eyelids the closed eyelids as if you are actually looking out but you are not because your eyes are closed so when you do that you know as if your eyes you know you're looking out your eyes are open but actually they are closed then you will start seeing certain patterns uh you know on on the screen of your eyelids and then you just observe them you just focus on them so what i realized was that the, the more i focused on them and the more i observed them they became more and more realistic interactive gradually they also started initially it started with black and white and they gradually also started forming color and shapes and everything i'm really intrigued to try this i think the next <laughs> time i sit down for meditation or maybe just when i go to bed tonight what yeah. about what about trying it right now let's try it yeah so uh let's do it maybe we can do it as a you know kind of a meditation mm-hmm. and uh yeah to the listener as well i hope uh you know the the, th- the thing that we are doing is what we are doing is so just to repeat that we are closing our eyes and we are looking you know how do we describe that you we are actually looking towards our eyelids which are closed and it's like we are observing the patterns as we close our eyes we are observing whatever comes up so this is just an experiment and you know however you you want to do it so let's do this there's one way that i describe it sometimes of just because it can be potentially confusing when like, mm-hmm. well, my eyes are closed then i can't see uh but i a way i, I think of it is just experiencing vision like the sense of vision with mm. your eyes closed just like you know you can you know how you can turn your attention to any sense you know, with your eyes closed you can turn to hearing or you could turn to smell or you could turn to touch or taste yeah. Yeah. even with your eyes closed you can shift all of your awareness to the experience of vision um maybe in that way but uh, yeah i think you probably talk about it this way too that thinking is also like a sense and mm. so that's one that we're probably attending to all the time Mm. but just like that we can turn the attention to this experience of vision with the eyes closed and you're you know you're seeing i guess the back of your eyelids um but you can let go of that idea too and just experience what it's like to see with the the blinds shut and maybe and maybe we can also uh, maybe you know the thoughts maybe they are also presented on this on this vision you know on the screen uh, yeah. the thoughts that we have in usually we don't see our thoughts right we just think about them but maybe you know it's like seeing the thoughts as you said you know the vision of the thoughts so maybe that is also possible <laughs> mm-hmm. cool. great so let's maybe do it for uh maybe a minute or two mm-hmm. okay
What are you seeing? I saw uh, tunnels of various shapes. So initially it was just shapes. You know, for example, it was first like a circle, then a rectangle, then a pentagon, uh, then an ellipse. But then these shapes started forming like tunnels. So, you know, initially it was just like on a 2D plane, but they started having depth and they changed into tunnels. So I was seeing tunnels of different shapes like circles, pentagon, you know, hexagon. And in, in the middle of that, like occasionally there were like some faces coming up. I don't recognize those faces, but yeah, I think they, just a couple of faces that popped up in my vision. Hmm. Uh, how was it for you? It's a cool little uh, like reservoir of creativity too. I could imagine that you and I were talking about art and yeah, potentially painting or drawing. Hmm both of us wanting to be more skilled in those mediums. Uh, I could imagine if I was really skilled and able to sort of represent something that I see, <laughs> that whole area, it's so rich with creative content that it's, it's not like I'm contriving it or, or forcing it anyway. I just can sit and look at the back of my eyelids and there will be some sort of inspiration for creative expression within there uh i guess then it would be up to me to try to capture it get out of the way in terms of my ego and express it uh in a way that's that's sort of true to the experience um for me uh something i was noticing was the more i stayed with it the more intense all the movement that is there was or it's like it was already there but i could just see it increasingly clearly just all of these shapes like you said and light and just this sort of movement that's everywhere mm. uh just made me think of like the field of consciousness i think i've heard alan watts talk about it this way like a field mm. and then mm. there are forms that emerge from the field and it seems like they're separate from the field, but there it's just one expression. I've also mm. heard it like a blanket, you know, a blanket that's covering everything. And mm. here you have the Eiffel Tower, here you have Sakib, and like they're just poking up, you know, from underneath this blanket. Uh, mm. But it made me feel like I was, you know, there's sort of this maybe a more pure experience of that field, just all this buzzing, pulsing, mm. intangible stuff. And then it was interesting, uh, like the interaction between my creative thinking mind, or like my story mind, um, my imagination and what I'm seeing. Cause I, you know, you see something or mm. I see something and then I can quickly create a story about what that is, whether or not that's what I'm seeing. I'm interacting with it in some way. So mm. like I saw what seemed like in the distance, this little, figure and for me it was it looked like a, a child or that was the the sort of narrative that i was creating about this mm. being this little child way off in the distance all alone by themselves mm. and at, at first they seem potentially i don't know if scared is the right word but just very small 
I don't know if weak is the right word either, but certainly not strong. Mm-hmm. And they're just off in the corner somewhere. But then it was like they moved up to the upper left of my visual field. And then there was a light that was sort of beaming out from them where they were becoming this light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> when it's there, the story that I'm creating is that it was, they were actually very powerful. Um, and like more of a teacher in the first part it's almost like the feeling i have is i would want to help that being in some way but then when it moved into this this upper left and then became a a ball of light it was more like they would be there to help me um Mm -hmm. which is potentially interesting with regard to to stay on the topic of young this in the book that i'm reading man and his symbols a lot of it has been about dream interpretation and dream work like dream Mm -hmm. analysis and all these different common themes within dreams. And, and one in particular is, is that the left side tends to indicate the unconscious and the right side tends to indicate conscious. Mm -hmm. And just, I'm just thinking of this now, like it's sort of, it was really in the center, uh, but then it moved into this left side and which potentially is indicating the unconscious. Mm -hmm. And he also talks about potential interactions with, the capital S self, which is like you, my guess is you could probably call it God or you could call it many other terms, but there's whatever it might be, this like kind of deepest version of you that is much bigger than your ego self Mm. and is a part of you, um, Mm. but might be way too much for you to even comprehend or interact with. Mm. And I was having some sense of that being a little sort of, version of the self and then it moves up and i just get a little glimpse of it in the upper left corner of the unconscious this light um yeah this mm-hmm. me just kind of piecing it all together it's really interesting the potential corollary or connection between this kind of experience and the dream experience yeah um, maybe we're having some access to something like a similar plane yeah i was also thinking of your experience of the vision you were describing and mm. you might have come across this. Another thing that it talks about in the book is that when there is some experience of you in a dream, mm. that that is a representation of your conscious self. Okay. And then all, any other creature or person or being in the dream, all these other figures are representations of unconscious aspects of you. And mm. then whatever might happen might happen um in the dream but that's a like a typical way of of breaking it down away or a way that they would see it um in their line of thinking that there's like the you that's sort of the main character of this experience and mm-hmm. then these other quote-unquote others that are actually representations of unconscious aspects of yourself which is mm-hmm. kind of interesting to think of in your visual of the the alien figures and because it sounds yeah. like there was something maybe scary about them or potentially intimidating or threatening about them and then you were trying to sort of show them that you're not afraid of them yeah i think it, you are absolutely right uh, uh because i can remember that you know uh, now as you are mentioning it i can i can see that uh if i don't know if i'm uh it is in my conscious mind of it or if it is in my unconscious but what i can sense here is uh a fear of fear like the the fear of existence i would say the fear of 
kind of maybe you know this life is not in my control and there is someone there is someone else kind of you know controlling this life maybe like you know we are we are like the philosophy the deeper questions that where do we come from you know where do we go and what is what is there what is god uh you know what is why are we even here uh i think the fear of waking up to a reality that is not pleasant uh you know beyond beyond this beyond the this uh, life experience that we are having i think that is that is uh, that has been there you know in in my in my mind because like i kind of evaluate existence in in both both terms so you know i i like to be positive about things like the, you know that everything is wonderful and that is my sense because in deeper states of meditation i experience joy experience bliss so and you know or if i read about like you know let's say near death experiences or experiences of people beyond what we call the physical uh it it gives a sense of hope and positivity and joy that you know uh, there is a broader experience to ourselves but at the same time there is another part of it which is like a fear you know something like what we saw in the movie the matrix that you know uh, neo wakes up to a reality that is painful that is basically you know they are controlled by an advanced civilization or controlled by artificial intelligence in in the reality he was just in a simulation so i think it is that fear that got manifested into 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 that vision so i guess the thing that i'm hearing or maybe what i'm projecting is that those alien figures in your vision might represent this unpleasant reality potentially like these other creatures that might have the real control over yeah your existence yeah i think i i think it represents somewhere like the both like both both possibilities because it was it was kind of a dilemma that you know uh, i i was also afraid but i was at the same time i i did not see any uh, hostility from their end in the vision mm. you know i didn't see that okay i didn't see that i was like a lab rat or you know in a in a lab and they were kind of experimenting on me or you know opening me up or yeah. kind of controlling me or anything it was just like an audience that was observing me yeah. so what did it, you feel from them or even just imagining it now like what do you feel from that audience are they told, are they are they interested in you are they uninterested or they do they very very much, very much interested interested so, so as as i said as i you know uh, i had this vision that i'm kind of waking up to that reality and i'm i'm trying to tell them that i'm i'm not afraid of you kind of and they they suddenly you know in in my vision they start looking at each other as if you know they were very very curious of what this creature is doing mm. uh, so mm-hmm. it, it was a funny experience <laughs> would you remember what kind of movements you were making it was it was funny it was very very funny i was i was actually kind of uh, you know doing some sort of a dance which was which was just trying to show as if a child is trying to show you know like flexing a child is flexing his muscles and doing all these things just to show that i'm strong you know yeah. uh-huh. so that was the kind of depiction and it was funny 
you know, uh, I remember that there was in the vision itself there was a sense of like humor to it, and right. uh, and that made you know in in the vision that made those beings whatever they were very curious of how uh, you know what am I doing as if I'm like as if I'm an object of experiment that they are conducting. Yeah. What's it like potentially viewing that as as some sort of internal interaction that those might represent parts of you mm. that are are different from this conscious self? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Mm. It feels that way. It feels that way, yes. Mm. Yeah. So there's these like versions of you that they're a part of you, but they're also sort of they're watching you, and then there's a way of you standing up to them and saying, "I'm not afraid mm. of you." Uh, yeah. I wonder what happens next. Like, do you continue to present something, or do you uh, go out into the audience? Do you leave? <laughs> are they no longer interested? Do they follow you? Are now they are they, now are they like really interested in you? This is a very interesting question because, you know, lately I had a realization that trying to be fearless is actually is actually a depiction of deep fear, you know, which uh, it's, it's like a paradox that a person who tries what I realized and I realized it for myself that there was, you know, Till a point of time, I, I always try to be fearless. So I would be like, okay, you know, whatever happens, I will be fearless. Even I have to go through pain in this life, I'll be fearless. But that is what I feel is kind of, and this was the same thing, you know, I think this was the same thing playing out in that vision in which I was like, okay, even if I am like, you know, kind of controlled by a species that is advanced that, than me, I am fearless. But this fearlessness is is actually a shows my deep fear, you know, that is inside me. Because a person who wants to be fearless is actually telling how fearful he is or he, he or she is. Hmm. That like the the fearlessness implies a feeling of fear that you're responding in reaction to. Yes, yes, hmm. and it's it's like kind of. Uh, bypassing that fear and you know just trying to avoid it by going in the opposite direction and you know it's it's like it's like a similar example of someone who has lack of self-worth they would go in the opposite direction to to prove their worth right okay. narcissism. yeah or narcissism so i think it's similar that someone who has deep fears are going in the opposite direction of trying to show themselves as fearless mm -hmm. it makes me think of a there's a term uh, within Freudian defense mechanism language of uh, reaction formation. Have you heard of that? No. It's just a similar thing where you you feel something. I think the idea is that you feel it unconsciously, um, mm. but you feel it deeply, and then you respond by reacting in a, the opposite yeah. way. So maybe... I think an example I think of is you have actually a really negative impression of someone. Um, yeah. And, but there's something about that that feels really wrong to you mm. on maybe some deep level. And so mm. you respond in the complete opposite 
way and you're really overly nice to them. <laughs> uh, but so it's this like comp- compensation for something maybe that you feel guilty or ashamed mm. of on some deep level. Yeah. Yeah. And, and exactly that, you know, this thought, uh, uh, this was the realization from this vision because in this vision, I was trying to show myself fearless and that showed my stupidity, you know, <laughs> and I, I could, as if I could, as if, uh, like sense the, uh, you know, what the, what these, these beings were thinking and they were like, Oh, this, this poor little fellow is so, is so fearful that he's trying to show that he's fearless. Mm. <laughs> that, that just made me think too of them hypothetically being part of you and mm. maybe quote unquote, they are totally aware that they're part of you, which would also kind of highlight the absurdity of the whole thing. Cause it, it would be like, Oh, he, he's so afraid and he thinks he's different than us, which is mm. just what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. 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 If only he knew that we were, we're all part of the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't make any sense to be afraid. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Th- I think then this fear is also, fear also depicts our sense of ego, you know, that this strong sense of ego and self, uh, that, okay, you know, as, as what, uh, uh, Ramana Maharshi or Nisarga Dutta Maharaj say that if, if, if we have this strong sense of, I then then you know we suffer but if there is no I then who is who is suffering you know there is no one to suffer actually so I think it's it's the same so the fears increase and you are correct about it like the more sense of separation we feel from all these beings you know the more fearful we feel Hmm. Hmm. did I ever tell you about that one dream I had also this has just been a I've enjoyed this exploration of whatever this world is, this realm of dream and creativity and play. I wonder what it's been like for the listener too, Mm. because it's certainly kind of outside of any sort of more straightforward discussion of philosophical topics. It's much more kind of nebulous attempt to explore unconscious stuff, which we do generally, but this one feels a little bit different to me. Mm. Um, but there was a dream that I had not long ago. Tell me if I've mentioned this to you in which I was working with a client mm-hmm. uh, one-on-one. We were in, actually in the same room together. Everything that I do now is virtual, but in this dream, we were next to each other and we weren't across from each other. We were side by side. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was because I was in the bed and my wife is there, something physical about that. But for whatever reason in the dream, I was working with a client there to the side of me on my left side. And I was aware that the issue they were working with was like, they felt like they were possessed by some sort of evilness. Mm. Uh, And that's what they were coming to work on. But they were also very hesitant to share the fullness of it with me out of fear that they would be infecting me with that evil. Okay. That they wanted to protect me from that, but they were also coming to me to work on that. Did I tell you about this? No, you didn't. And so my response was like, I was trying everything that I could to make the client feel safe enough to be able to share the whole thing. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, just you know, share. Of course, I understand if you don't, if you really don't want to, but I'm okay with you sharing 
all of it with me. And mm. then they, so they got to the point of opening up fully about this thing in a vulnerable way. Um, mm. I don't remember any of the content of it, but that was just like the feel of it. There was this resistance and I sort of opened up the floor for it. And then they were like, okay. And then they shared it all with me. And then I was infected by this quote unquote evil force. Like I felt it take over my whole being. And then I was literally shaking. I was like, there was, it was just this very intense energy sort of coursing through my whole body. And uh, it was uh, like every muscle in my body was flexed and uh, it was like a sort of convulsions. Like this thing mm -hmm. was fighting with me in some way. And mm -hmm. I remember in the dream, I screamed, uh, like, come on, like asking it to give me everything that it had. And uh, it just reached like a crescendo of that. I don't know if you have this experience in dreams where you try to shout, but you can't really make that much of a noise it's more a whisper comes out but i was trying to just scream as loud as i could uh mm. but that woke up my wife because she heard me like and she felt me shaking and she heard me trying to shut like yell something and so mm. she woke me up mm -hmm. and that's where the dream came to an end and that's it's really stuck with me that experience um i was also when i woke up maybe egotistically i was proud of myself for the way i was responding to this thing uh, mm -hmm. but it's coming to my mind now because we're talking about this sense of fear and responding as if I'm fearless because that's what I was trying to show in that moment but at the mm -hmm. same time I was like really terrified of this thing but I just made a, a conscious choice to be like I'm just going to go directly into this force whatever it is and just give it everything that I have maybe it'll destroy me but I'm that's the choice that I'm making a fight, I guess, if you have the mm -hmm. fight, flight or freeze, I was fighting. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, when you were talking about your experience with these creatures and the response to it being like, a, I'm fearless. Mm -hmm. um, it made me think of that. And I wondered what other responses are there? Is that one that is maybe not the best response or like an immature response or uh, whatever it might be. Um, just the way you were talking about it, maybe reframe it a little bit in my mind. Cause I still look back on it and I'm like, that's cool that I chose to, to do that. Um, so what was your response of, uh, was of fearlessness or was it of uh, like, um, well, how do I say it? Like there, there are two, what I can sense is that there are two kinds of response in this situation, you know. Uh, one is of fearlessness, which is of like, oh, you know, it's like, I am strong. That is the hmm. part behind it. Like, like, I'm not afraid. Yeah, I'm not afraid. Hmm. But the other, the other response is more of an open embrace, which is more love-based. Hmm. In which it's like, okay, you and I are one, you know, let's embrace each other. It's more, hmm. they're more more compassion in, in, in that. So how was that for you when you had this experience? Mm -hmm. It definitely felt more like the second one. Embracing with compassion? More embracing. I don't know if compassion even felt available because, <laughs> but maybe it was there, but mm -hmm. I was feeling aggressive at the same time, but mm -hmm. it was a total 
embrace. It was like letting go of any resistance to this thing. Um, mm. But maybe it didn't feel like I had the capacity to just be like, you know, please, welcome, thank you. Uh, because I felt so much uh, anger, hostility, uh, mm. hate, like coming from this thing to me. Uh, or just to everything like it was you know doing that to the client or maybe anything that this thing engaged with it would just have so much what would feel like hate and uh hostility mm. uh, but i guess in that moment I, I i don't feel like i was the the former where i was like i'm not afraid of you there's like, no big deal it mm. was definitely like i was afraid and uh scared but i was also not resisting i was i was welcoming it maybe that's kind of like what the come on was it's like yeah give me everything okay you know this may this reminds me of uh uh, uh the the conversation between uh terence mckenna and baba ramdas that you know we we recently listened to, to uh you and i and in this like the, the baba ramdas tells uh Zen Koan of of this person who you know of this person who is like very angry with with I don't remember the exact story but it was like he was very angry with this monk and he wanted to kill this monk and you know he he took a sword and he went to this monk and then he he told this monk that you don't know who I am I am that person who will put a sword through you but then this monk said oh you don't know who I am I am the person who will accept this sword. inside in inside me you know mm-hmm. who will take this sword from you and i i will let you kill me i'm that person mm-hmm. so the, the what it seems is now this monk is is like having an open embrace with love and compassion that you know the feeling is that you you and i we are one and it's okay if you if you kill me you know it's more of a of a love kind of a response mm-hmm. but the other response to that would be is you know something something that i had in my vision is oh you know come on or or oh just let's you know i i'm not afraid of you you know or or come on and let's fight you know it's it's something like <laughs> so maybe to the, maybe to the person with the sword it's like that sword wouldn't wouldn't hurt me uh, yeah yeah exactly yeah hmm uh It reminds me of another zen story i've mm-hmm. probably mentioned this one before you probably heard it where the there's like a warrior or knight figure who hears of this one zen monk mm-hmm. that is some master teacher and wants to go learn from the monk and mm-hmm. so in order to be the best warrior that he can be so he finds this monk and he comes to him and i guess asks him i can't remember the details but it's basically just asking him for his his advice like you know what can mm-hmm. i do to 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 know the way and mm-hmm. the the zen master just starts to make fun of him he's like you you're a warrior how could anyone like be intimidated by you or how could you save anyone or do anything and the the warrior keeps getting more and more angry and mm-hmm. oh no i'm remembering I can't remember the beginning now, but I'm just going to keep going and we'll see what happens. And 
he just keeps making fun of him, and that warrior keeps getting angrier and angrier to the point where the warrior pulls his uh, sword out and like has it ready to to chop off the the Zen master's head, and mm-hmm. then the master is like, "Here, open the gates of hell," and the the warrior gets the message and mm-hmm. he puts the sword back into his sheath and kind of sits down in front of the master. Mm-hmm with humility i think and then the master is like here open the gates of heaven mm. um, just remembering that imagery i i think maybe the initial part of that story is that the warrior comes and maybe asks something about heaven They're like what, what is it heaven? Mean? yeah mm. what yeah exactly what 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 are heaven and hell mm. um, that's his way of showing him in that moment just like this uh yeah don't have to add anything more to that nice nice um i i'm curious to know uh, that when you uh, do do you experience this that when you close your eyes at times you know i'll i'll go back to the discussion that we were having about dreams and visions uh, do you experience when we close our eyes do you do you at times remember the dream that you had yes isn't it like, isn't it interesting <laughs> it's very interesting if i'm hearing you right it would just be and this can happen with eyes closed or open just at some point i'll remember an experience from a dream that was maybe in the past night or some time ago mm. it'll just come up out of nowhere yeah because it usually happens with me when either i close my eyes for for like maybe 2 3 minutes at least uh, or you know sometimes even even it's if it is a like kind of a long blink you know it it occurs or or what happens is uh, you know if i'm sitting in my meditation then i would kind of remember the entire dream sometimes even in my meditation the dream continues from the where from the point it st- stopped you know it it kind of continues from there mm-hmm. so you know it's it's kind of that makes me think of maybe you know carl jung was very right about how we can actually just by closing our eyes uh, and you know projecting that you know the pra- the practice that we did and seeing things on you know the, focusing on our vision by closing our eyes can actually bring out the contents of the unconscious mind because a lot of times what's happening is you know as as we discussed this just now that we remember our dreams maybe that dream is somewhere still in the head and it gets projected onto that you know screen again hmm. uh, when we close our eyes hmm. it's interesting maybe it's something to continue to experiment with and yeah. that can be a maybe a helpful way of doing it is because of course probably when most of us close our eyes the thinking mind takes over but there is a way in which you can just like anything else can be your object of attention like the the focus on the breath which is maybe the most typical one it can be the experience of seeing and you can certainly do that with your eyes closed but you might have to kind of train yourself to be able to start to attend to the experience of vision with mm-hmm. eyes closed and that can help maybe if you just find yourself still within what feels like the wandering mind you don't have an experience of seeing things but just really sending all of your awareness to the the sensory experience of seeing with your mm-hmm. eyes closed 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's so interesting. You know, I think this is something I'm going to try today. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you want to maybe finish with a, a short practice again related to that, the experience of seeing? Sure, sure. Let's do that. Maybe we can uh, uh, once again, a little bit this time, clear our mind and then do the same practice. Yeah, that sounds good. Great. So to the listener, we are now in the last segment of, of our session today. And uh, we will do a short meditation similar to what we just did. And you can get into your posture. And for this particular meditation, because we are kind of using our vision with our eyes closed, you can close your eyes. And as you close your eyes, you can maybe observe what do you see with your eyes closed. Now, let's bring our awareness to our breath for some time. Maybe you can observe the flow of your breath in and out of your body. Or maybe you can place your awareness at your nostrils. However you want to observe the breath. And now let's again bring our awareness to the vision, to what we see with our eyes closed. And notice if there is a change or maybe 
there is a similar pattern. And then gradually in your own time, you can open your eyes and come out of the meditation. How was it for you this time? That was cool for me. Um, it was helpful too that you switched the attention to the breath and then came back. Mm -hmm. I noticed that that, for whatever reason, allowed me to to deepen the focus on the vision mm -hmm. or really stay with it. Mm -hmm. And then it did sort of become this little dreamscape, and it was uh, it was it was kind of animated, almost like anime, and. It was interesting, like, I was this little animated person, definitely a child, but it was a child girl. It was like a little girl with a backpack on, and it felt like that was a representation of me in this dreamscape. And just kind of walking along, there's really tall grass, and it's flowing, and almost as tall as me. Um blue sky and walking along and then there's this massive kind of troll figure that's standing with his arms on his hips and mm -hmm. it's like a who goes there kind of thing um but in this situation the like the little girl with the backpack on just kind of noticed it in passing was like huh and just kept wa walked right uh, under his legs and mm -hmm. That was the whole vision. Wow. <laughs> that was something. <laughs> yeah. How about for you? Yeah, uh, same. Like, uh, it was, uh, it was a similar, uh, like, not the, like, not the visual, uh, visual, not similar visual, but a similar experience in the sense that initially uh, the shapes that I could see were like just the ordinary, you know, the shapes that I initially saw, like the circles and the pentagon and all that. But after, uh, you know, after focusing on the breath and then going back to the vision, 
the vision became more vivid so it was as if i'm i i could see creatures which were like similar to creatures on earth but had a more um fictional kind of a thing to them you know which we see in like maybe you know in mythology uh, or in movies you know like dragons and big big scorpions and uh, you know the devil with horns and and all these kinds of creatures so they became more vivid but it it didn't make like there wasn't a like a story to it like you, you know the, there was a story to your vision but it was just having these visions of these different creatures <laughs> but it became more vivid for sure after the breath practice so that's interesting you know a new a new learning for us <laughs> yeah so interesting and fun it could be cool to do potentially more of that in the future if it comes up yeah and then it is a like kind of a nice meditation to do you know mm-hmm. yeah well great thanks for guiding through that my pleasure and i'm i'm so fascinated by this you know that how uh, there is this entire world of art available to us yeah that we can go into and derive so much out of that and maybe we can also get to know the conscious of our uh, the contents of our unconscious when we focus on these very interesting mm-hmm. sounds good maybe we'll explore it more sure sure all right have a good day i'll see you next time thank you for joining us in the what is now experience we hope that you liked the episode If there were any insights or ideas arising for you as you were listening to our conversation then you can share those ideas through your comments we would love to know stay tuned for the next episode namaste